Hello team and welcome back to the Simply Fit Podcast. Today I bring you some incredible news. I have been working on a secret project for the past three or four months now and I now can tell you that the brand new follow along workout channel is live and here. On this YouTube channel you're going to find workouts for fat loss, muscle building, improving your cardio health, flexibility, everything is going to be on there. You're going to find body weight workouts, dumbbell workouts, kettlebell and resistance bands workouts all that you can follow along with and the best part is that it's completely free they're also around 10 to 20 minutes long meaning if you're short of time you can quickly complete an effective workout or you can combine like two or three of them together and complete like a full 45 to 60 minute workout new workouts will go live on the channel every tuesday and thursday and they're going to be accompanied by an amazing backdrop which i'm sure you're all going to enjoy so if you want to find the channel just search elliot hasoon into youtube and you'll find it very easily and please subscribe it makes me very, very happy and it helps the channel grow. And feel free to tell your friends, your family, your pets, whoever you want to share this with and let's work out together. Welcome to the Simply Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Hassoun. In this podcast, I'll be looking at three key questions related to fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I will break these down into information that is easy to understand and actionable so that you can apply it to your life today. This podcast will give you all you need to improve your health and well-being once and for all. So sit back, listen, and most importantly, take action. So one key lesson that stuck with me from the last lockdown is that preparation and getting ahead of the curve is incredibly, incredibly valuable. So after hearing the news this weekend, my immediate thought was, let me address this with my clients. I just want to make sure that they're covered. They know that they've got as much support as they need during this period. And most importantly, they know that this won't impact their journey from, you know, the progress that they can potentially make. So I wanted to make sure that was clear first. After that, I wanted to make sure that I got this message out to the wider world as well. And given the fact that I launched the podcast on the Sunday, I thought, what a great opportunity to get an episode like this out there to make sure that I can get you guys as ahead of the curve as possible uh, from a mindset, nutrition, and fitness perspective. So that's exactly what we're going to go through in today's episode. This will be going live on Wednesday morning if you're listening to it. So one day ahead of the lockdown. So hopefully this puts you in a really good position uh, to make the most of the next four weeks and if it's longer as well. How? How do I stay on track mentally during this lockdown? So first and foremost, I'm not going to tell you how you should feel. That is your feeling and you have every right to it. If you're angry, express your anger in as constructive a way as possible. If you're sad, express it. If you're frustrated, express it. I've had quite a few messages this week to tell me how frustrated certain people are with the fact that the gyms are closing, you know, now their schedules have to change. They're just getting settled back into normal life. And I'm not going to tell them everything's going to be okay. I don't have any right to suppress their emotions or project my own. You know, however you're feeling right now, embrace it. But the most important thing that we need to do is make sure that we limit the amount of time we spend within these emotions that aren't super constructive, right? So we know that anger, we know the frustration, we know that stress, we know all of these things aren't super constructive. So just at least give yourself five minutes, give yourself five hours, give yourself a day or two. But once you have had that time to yourself, 
then it's time to turn it around. Then it's time to move away from that and start looking ahead. Overriding message here is do not dwell on it. Allow yourself to express the emotion and feel it, but don't dwell because then we need to start moving forward and taking action. I genuinely believe that your most valuable asset during this period is going to be your mindset. And I don't want this to look at this from a cliche perspective. Honestly, with all the people that I worked with throughout the last one, a lot of the reason that people were succeeding in their health and fitness journeys or whatever they decided to do, even if they saw success as just, you know, surviving lockdown and feeling good throughout it, it was down to their mindset and the way that they looked at things. So the way I like to see this is that if we look at ourselves as cameras, and we all have different lenses through which we view the world. The critical thing to remember here is that we all have different lenses, but we all choose the lens that we view the world through as well. So one person on one hand may look at this as an opportunity to spend the next 28 days working on something that they didn't have time for, or potentially making good of the last lockdown without putting too much pressure on themselves. Whilst another may just say that this is super frustrating, it's all doom and gloom, and just won't have the most productive and enjoyable next four weeks or so. So we can't change the facts, right? We've simply got to come to terms with them. But if we look for a more abundance and we look for things that serve us, we will find it. The same goes for negativity, unfortunately. If we look for you know, the non-positive perspective. And I want to be careful with the word positive. Um, a lot of people will say that I am super positive and I like to call myself an optimistic rationalist as opposed to being completely positive because I think being too positive can be a problem as well because if, you know, you have a little bit of an airy-fairy glow of the world, you get a little bit, oh, I'm going to be using this word carefully, but a bit delusional at times. So it's important to have a bit of a neutral perspective as well. But you want to sit further away from the negativity perspective and more towards the positive, but somewhere in the middle because of what we're going to search for mentally is what we're going to find. That's super, super crucial. And I won't touch too much on mental health. I don't feel personally that I have enough control over my own to lead you guys on to doing anything. And I feel like unless I've got something fully figured out, then I'm not in the best place to give you advice, but I can give you some strategies that helped me through this first period. And the first one here is going to be monitoring your media consumption. Now that we know that at least the lockdown will last for four weeks, like nothing is going to change during like at least the next three weeks. We're going to have no further updates on whether we're going to be, you know, out in four weeks or whether it's going to be a little bit longer. So there's no need for you to keep your eye so focused on the news. You don't need to check every single day, every couple of minutes. I completely understand if you've got children, you want to keep updated regarding the schools, but just make sure that you understand what that's doing to you. You know, if you're someone who has the news on in the background all day and your your mindset is in a bit of a, let's just say a little bit of a low place, then question that, you know, is that coming from the fact that all you're hearing is this breaking news or this tragedy and don't get me wrong there is a lot of tragedy but it doesn't mean that you can't acknowledge that without it being in your ears 24 7 if you feel like that just ask a friend or a partner or someone within your household to give you the updates when you need to and what i've realized is even not being in the country or even not really keeping an eye on the news that much myself 
I still get informed about the big and important decisions and so will you as well. Secondly, once you've done that, avoid the friends and family that constantly are talking about it, especially if they're looking at it from a viewpoint that doesn't serve you. You want to be protective of your energy. You want, that's the crucial message, both physically and mentally. Just communicate to whoever it is that you just don't want to get involved in these conversations. They don't make you feel good. This is where it's incredibly important that we place boundaries, right? If we're at home with people that we're not used to being with, even if they are friends, family, uh, roommates, whatever, we need to be incredibly clear in what we want to talk about, what time we need to ourselves, etc. It's so incredibly important that you put your boundaries in your in place and most importantly, you enforce those so the other people know that you are serious as well. And I appreciate it can be hard at times and I appreciate you feel like, okay, I should be there for the other person. But if you don't protect your own energy, you will have a hard time of giving them the care attention and you'll probably not show up in the best possible manner and you also may start resenting, right? I really do believe that this will be the case. So just make sure that you protect your physical, mental energy and put boundaries in place. Next up, and this is going to be a given one from me, take care of your physical health. And we'll touch on this more specifically in the coming sections, but I want you to think about this you know, just from a logical and black and white perspective, how do you feel after a poor night of sleep? How do you feel when you're dehydrated? How do you feel when you've just sat around and been in a dark and maybe small room all day? You feel terrible after all of these things, right? Sleep, hydration, your body needs daylight, even if there's not too much sunlight outside. It needs oxygen, it needs fresh air. So make sure that you're taking care of your sleep, you're taking care of your hydration, and you're making sure you're getting outside as much as possible as well. If you take care of your physical, you have a better chance of hanging on to your mental. If you do the vice versa, where you take care of your mental, you're in a lot better of a position to take care of your physical well-being. And this does not mean you need to go into overdrive. And I really do mean this. A lot of people are like, okay, four weeks, I'm going to diet hard. That's not the best approach for everyone. If you're seeing this as an opportunity to double down on your health and get really focused, amazing, run with it. However, if the thought of that adds anxiety to you, then it's the last thing you want to do. Go for the bare minimum. You just want to do something that keeps your health and wellness ticking along. Just some short walks, just some mindful eating. Even if it's less than before, just something is always going to be better than nothing. Next thing is making sure that you are taking you time and whatever that means to you as well. It doesn't have to be sitting in the fields meditating. It's whatever is important to you. And especially you guys who are natural caregivers, you know, the mums out there, the people who are just more liberal about giving to others than giving to themselves, you must make sure that you take that time for yourself. It doesn't necessarily have to be a crazy amount of time, just five minutes. Listen to your favorite song, go for a walk on your own, call a friend, do something that you truly enjoy. And that's for you. And it's and I'm going to use this word, it's selfish. And selfish should not be a word that's frowned upon or should have any negative connotation. We all need some selfish time. So especially if you know that it's in your nature to give, 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 to be the person that everyone leans on, make sure that you remember to factor in some time for yourself. And the final point I want to make here is something that I come across recently that I really like the concept of, is having hindsight in the present moment. So let's picture that it's 2022. 
I'm not going to speak too soon because you never know if this is going to be over in 2021. We keep our fingers crossed. But let's say it's springtime of 2022 and just imagine the position you're going to be. We're all going to be in a much better position. We're all going to be more resilient, self-aware, a little bit more conscious probably. And we'll look back on 2020. We might not look back on it now, especially whilst we're in it. And it's very hard to do that. But if we kind of project ourselves forward and like I said, have that hindsight right now, we'll remember the lessons that this year taught us. And I feel in time, we could even be thankful for it as well. Always try and keep that in mind. It's not enjoyable right now, but it is a phase. And most importantly, it's just not going to be forever. So just keep that in mind. So that's the mental well-being side of things. There's so much more that you can do, but I hope that those really, really help you in getting started. So now more of my area and my expertise. So how do I stay on track with my training? And the first thing I'm going to say here is that just like I finished on the last point, remember that this is just four weeks. You know, you just did this for four months and it's a lot less time in the grand scheme of things. We absolutely can't promise that it's only going to be four weeks. However, if it is just four weeks, then it's just going to serve as potentially a nice little reset especially if you've not had a break from training with heavy weights for a little while. It's just going to be a time where you can actually deload a little bit. You can focus on your form, your technique, your tempo, things that you're probably not really focusing on as much because you've got the progressive overload in your mind. But there's so much we can do and so much more we can focus on. And rather than thinking, oh, we can't do it, we just need to shift what we're looking at. If you're not super excited, just remember that this mini period now is just making sure that you are primed and ready to get back on it when the gyms get back open. Momentum is a powerful thing. And if you've been going to the gym since they reopened, you maybe got like 10, 12, 14 weeks under your belt. You're probably aware of how long it kind of took to build up after four months. This is just going to be hopefully just four weeks or so. So if you just keep yourself ticking along, by the time you go back in the gym, one or two weeks, you'll be back on it. But if you go and take a complete rest, then you know it's going to take a little bit of time to build back up. I know personally that when I came back, I was damn sore. But if you maintain your intensity uh, during this time frame, you should be able to get back on it like right away. So if you're really not excited about it right now, which I appreciate a lot of people aren't going to be, especially if you are in maybe a, a gaining phase or in a muscle building phase where you're used to lifting heavy loads, then just try and think Project forward. Again, think of your future self. Set them up for success versus you in the now as well. I want to discuss how you can prepare to make your home sessions as effective as possible because this is probably the number one issue that I found I had personally and a lot of people I worked with had personally last time. I actually did a YouTube video on this and I got to pull apart the four key points that I went through on that video, which I think are still very, very relevant too. And the number one tip I had was preparation. Carve out an hour in your day when you won't be interrupted, right? When you won't have people having demands on your time, where you're not rushing for a meeting. If this is feasible, it might be 45 minutes, it might be 30 minutes, but aim for a time of the day where you know it's less likely that you're going to be interrupted. So I'm always a big fan of favoring the mornings. I find that people who are up before maybe 7, 6 a.m., the reason they're up at that time is because they don't want to be bothered by the rest of the world. So if you're up at that time, there's a lot less chance of people bothering you at that time of day. However, if that's not feasible, 
just try and look at the time in the day when you will be a little bit quieter, when you don't have so many meetings. Maybe that's before lunch, maybe it's after lunch, maybe it's after work altogether once you've closed that laptop down. But just make sure that you give it the time that it deserves, especially if it's in your schedule right now. There's really no excuse for that time slot to move. You might be weighing back your commute time, or you might actually have extra responsibility, so you have to might have to move it. Just put it in a time that's really going to work for you. Next up when it comes to preparation is staying on top of your sleep. I know a lot of us had some challenges with sleep during the first time of the lockdown, so it's imperative that we keep our wind down uh, habits in place. You know, we're not spending time staring at our screens late into the night. We are kind of separating the work day from the evening by creating certain precursors, which I'll go through in a minute. Maybe it's the shutting the laptop. Maybe it's just taking a quick walk around the block just to signify to yourself that this is the end of the workday. So create that separation and then move into what you do in the evening so that you can wind down. Next is going to be to ensure you manage your stress as well as you possibly can. Don't get me wrong, it's going to be very hard for a time like this. Come back to the variables that you can control because if your stress is largely going to dictate how you recover and how you perform. The next is to have those precursors in place. Like I just mentioned, we're setting yourselves up for the evening routine and separating the workday and the, the training time or the workday and the evening time, I should say. The biggest challenge for me, the kitchen became my workspace, it became my chill space, it became my training space, and it kind of became my everything space, right? But when we have the gym, we have the weights, we have the environment, we have the rituals of going into the changing room, put on specific clothes, getting a coffee, whatever that is that you did going into the gym, you had certain rituals around it. And that helps you get mentally prepared, like both mentally and physiologically prepared because your body's kind of anticipating what it's about to do. Uh, if you roll out of bed, you're still in your pajamas and you, you know, you're not really playing any music, you're just picking those weights up because you just want to get it done, your body's not going to be primed and ready and it's unlikely you're going to have an enjoyable session, nor are you going to have a very productive one either. All of that's removed and we need to recreate it. So big one for me is turning my phone on flight mode changing into my gym clothes as much as you love your pajamas, putting on a specific playlist. This was a big error I made as I started playing music out loud, but it wasn't nearly as loud as it was when it was in my ears because I didn't want to bother the neighbors. So I didn't have that same effect. And then all of a sudden I plugged in, I was like, oh, wow, it's a completely different vibe now. Eliminate any distractions, right? You don't have the TV on in the background. Like it frustrates me so much when gyms have TVs because even when I want to stay concentrated, if, I'm, if I see something, going on in the background that takes my interest, it's so easy to look. So if you put something on TV that you're probably going to watch, you're a lot more likely to get distracted as well. Next is have a plan in place. Even if you don't think you need one, you know, oh, it's just four weeks, you know, I just kind of do it intuitively. It will give you clarity. It will mean it's one less thing you have to think about, right? You'll literally just pull up your workout, you'll see the exercises, you'll see the sets, you'll see the reps, and you'll just execute. The more choices you have, the more resistance it creates, right? If you know you have to think about the workout, to think about how many exercises you have to do, you have to think about how many sets, how many reps, that's a lot to think about, especially at the back end of the day, if you are saving your workout for the evening, or even if you're training in the morning, that's a lot of kind of mental bandwidth that you have to use early on. So try to avoid that, just have a plan in place, even if it's just for those four weeks. And to add to that, 
track your lifts, right? Again, this might not seem necessary, but a big part of training for me personally is to actually come away feeling like I'm accomplished, right? I feel like I actually really achieved something, like I'm making progress. And if you're not tracking, you won't know if you're making any progress. So that's the real, real frustrating thing is that, you know, you're going to come away and just like, okay, I moved my body for an hour and that might feel great, but did I really do anything? You know, there's nothing to kind of represent your efforts and I would encourage you to focus on the process of enjoying the training but having that accomplishment of knowing that you exceeded certain numbers right you did you picked up the 12 kilo dumbbell instead of the 15 no the 15 instead of the 12 and you did 20 reps on your goblet squat versus 15 reps you did last session like at least if you know you're making progress you'll be a lot more inclined to keep going and stay excited about that the final tip I had on this front making sure that your home training is effective is get out of your own head. If you think that this is not going to be as effective as my gym session, if I don't have enough equipment to train effectively, you will find the things that you seek. Like I just said earlier, if you're looking through that camera lens from a negative perspective and you're thinking about all the things you can't do versus all the things you can do, trust me, you're going to find it. And it's not going to serve you whatsoever. And I just want to finish off with a bit of a personal example as well. When we first went in, I had zero equipment available, right? Bear in mind, I'm a guy who's been going for the gym for the past 10 years, and this is my profession. I had to use body weight for the first time, like the first consistent period of time. Eventually, I did manage to get some equipment, fortunately. But I had to go through a huge transition, right? And I'm someone who loves training with resistance, loves training with weights. However, I just set myself up in the mindset that like, this is all I've got right now. And when this is a lifestyle for you, and if this, which it should be, hopefully if you're listening to this, you want to make health and fitness part of your lifestyle, the circumstances become irrelevant. You just have to make do with what you've got around you. So if you are coming from a place of having a full gym membership, going into training with body weight, then that's what you've got to focus on. You've got to make sure that whatever you have at your disposal, you give your best to it, right? So if it's body weight, you give your best to it. If you've got 10 kilo dumbbells, you give your best to it. If you've got one six kilo kettlebell, you give your absolute best to it and you make the most of this time period. And trust me, when you come back to training with all the equipment again, like I felt like I was in heaven. I was like, look how much equipment I have available to me. Look how creative I can be. Because when you go back to the bare minimum, you start to appreciate uh, the gyms for what they are and appreciate the space for what it is as well. So I wrap that up of how you're going to stay on track with your training there. So I hope there's a few key points that you can take away. And the next one I want to get onto is a big one, which is how do I stay on track with my nutrition? And this is an interesting one. So based on the experience I had with lockdown and handling a lot of um, a fair amount of clients back then, the main difficulties weren't necessarily about staying on the plan, right? Like the meals, you know, the baseline meals, the breakfast, the lunch, the dinner, that, well, you know, to a degree, wasn't the main issue. I actually think that the main issue was how do I avoid snacking? How do I avoid what the family are eating? having takeaways and how do I stop looking for food as a source of enjoyment, a source of pleasure. And, you know, I think even someone said to me, the only thing that's exciting in lockdown is food. And I won't take that away from you, but you do need to reframe your relationship with food if you want to come away from this period in the best possible position. So the number one thing for me, it comes down to structure have set meal times and aim to keep those similar to what you would on a normal work day. Like when you get up in the morning, 
you might have breakfast, you might not, you might fast, whatever. And when you have a lunch break, you probably eat your lunch. When you get home after work, you probably eat your dinner. There's no reason if you're going, you know, going from working in the office back to home for you to really change that. Your body is already familiar with it. You kind of already got that habitualized in your routine. So unless you're going to make a change for the better, you know, potentially you do want to try implementing intermittent fasting, but you didn't have the opportunity to do that because of your working situation wouldn't allow for it. But now you can. Amazing. However, if it's not going to be something that's going to make your nutrition better, continue to do what worked for you before. Next one, continue to prep your meals if you were doing this before. Just because you're at home doesn't mean you should cook all your meals fresh. And this isn't a very easy trap to fall into. You're just like, oh, well, I'm here now. And, you know, I don't, I want to spend my evening doing whatever I want. So I won't spend those two hours meal prepping because I have these hours in the week. If you were doing it before and it served you well, then please, 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 I urge you to continue. And if, for instance, you're actually like, no, I don't have that commute at the end of the day, and I do want to enjoy, you know, cooking, creative, some, creating something different in the evening, or something along those lines, just to stick one time of day where you do that. So maybe it's just in the evening when you've closed down from work, or just a few times a week, maybe not on your busy days. For instance, like from Monday to Wednesday, I'm super grateful if I've made my food in advance when it comes to the evening time. I enjoy cooking for the most part, but sometimes when the days are just so stacked, it gets to 7, 7.30 p.m., I'm so grateful to see food just waiting there for me. So maybe Thursday and Friday, that's your creative day, Saturday, Sunday. But whatever worked for you before, keep with it. It's going to continue working for you. If you have more prepped foods, you're less likely to slip up. And I'm actually got a podcast coming out very soon on whether you need to meal prep. So stay tuned for that. But ultimately, if you have food there, you're less likely to fall in the trap of having what the family are having, uh, ordering takeaways. And there's nothing wrong with having that. But you just don't want to do that as last resort or like the you're only doing it because you didn't have something prepared. It's not because you wanted to. It's just a random Tuesday night and you forgot to prep your food in the morning. You want to do it when the time is right on a Friday, Saturday, whenever the family is doing it, not just because you are unprepared. Next thing I want to talk to you about is using your partner, your family, your friends for extra accountability during this time. There may be times where you find your hand in a box of cereal. We've all been there, right? And you start raiding your cupboards for the snacks, you're looking through, like, oh, I didn't see this was there. Oh, you know, these are the kids' biscuits, but I don't care, I'm at home now, right? And there will be times where your willpower and your self-accountability might be running a little bit thin, but if you've got a partner, a member of the family, even your kids, anyone, who are just going to give you that gentle nudge, that gentle prompt when you need it, when you do have your hand in the cereal box, like, hey, I thought you were going to stay on track for your nutrition. And it's just like that reminder and you're just kind of that jolt into reality. You're like, yep, you're right. Let me put this back, right? And you have that extra layer of accountability because as much as we are, we, as much as we do have the self-accountability and the ability to hold ourselves accountable, when we've got a lot going on, it can be hard. Even when we don't have a lot going on, it can be hard. So just adding in that extra person to give you that nudge when you need it can be super, super valuable. Next tip I've got for you is to assess your snacking habit. We've all got one, you know, when we find ourselves snacking and we need to realize like why we're doing it and also how can we make the most of it, right? Is the reason you're snacking because it's too accessible? 
You know, maybe you're one of these people who went to the office and there was nothing there unless you went out for it or unless Sandra bought in donuts for Kelly's birthday. Like that's the only reason you would have done it. However, now you're at home and you're working from your kitchen, your food cupboards are right next to you then that might be the challenge. That might be it. And, you know, there would be times where maybe a, an email would have triggered you, uh, but you were at work. So you weren't going to get up and leave your desk. But what you did instead is you got up, you spoke to a colleague, you went to the water fountain, you made yourself a cup of tea. But this time you've got food there. So what's my automatic trigger? Boom, biscuits, right? This is going to be a lot of people. So just be aware of that. Next up is, do you snack at a certain time of day? The amount of people I speak to and they're like, you know, that afternoon dip, that 3, 4 p.m. time, that's the time I always snack. If you know that about yourself, prepare a healthier option. Just have like a certain snack that's ready and waiting for you. Once you have that craving, it's there. It's already factored into your calories for the day and you know that it keeps you on track. Or you could even push a meal to that time, right? Maybe you now can optimize your day a little bit from a meal timing perspective. And instead of having, you know, breakfast at eight and lunch at 12, you now have breakfast later at 10. And when you have that afternoon lull, that's where you have your lunch now. And all of a sudden, you've managed to kind of get that craving, but through a meal that you were going to have anyway. And my favorite strategy is to notice what you're doing, be aware of your, your tendencies, and try to think of your future self once again. Let's come back to that thing. Is snacking going to make me feel good right now? Yeah, probably. But will it help with where I'm going? Is it going to help my health and wellness goals? It's going to help my health in general? Probably not. What can I do instead, right? Maybe it is time to go for that afternoon walk. Maybe it is time to just get yourself out of that room and change your environment for a little bit. Next up, is it a family thing? Is it like Thursday night, the night you have magnums? Is Saturday night the the time that someone pops out the celebrations or whatever it is. And if it is and you have, you know, you know your family is going to be eating at those times, allocate the amount of macros slash calories that you might need to have the evening snack and treat with your family. And it doesn't need to be the same either, right? It could be like a Greek yogurt and protein powder combo whilst everyone else is having ice cream. That might work for a while. Or you might even just want to say, okay, how much does a Magnum ice cream have in it? Okay, it's 300 calories. I could maybe pull that back just for one Friday or one Tuesday in the week. It really comes down to just finding out when you're most susceptible to this and opting for the strategy, the response that serves you ultimately in the long term. So that's my segment on snacking wrapped up there. And I want to finish off on a final couple of key points to just bear in mind um, as you aim to keep your nutrition on track over the next four weeks or so. So first thing to remember here is like, forget staying on track. Like just remove that from your mind for a second. And just remember that food is there to fuel you. It's there to make you feel good, to feel energetic, you know, to basically move away from how food does make you feel when you don't eat well, lethargic, slow, foggy, right? Remember it from that perspective. If you're not in the best place mentally right now, if you're not going to have as much daylight, uh, fresh air, you want to set yourself up for success on that front. Second is stay true to your goals. If you've got some health and wellness goals at the moment and you want to follow through on them, it will be hard, right? Your partner, your family, your kids, they may lure you away from this. But make a commitment to yourself right now. Like just tell yourself, I am going to follow through and keep to your words, right? Keep to your words. And finally, if you can't, the most important thing you don't want to do here is beat yourself up about it right? There's probably enough stress on your plate at the moment. There's a lot going on. So just reflect on where you can do better. Shake it off, as Taylor Swift 
famously once said, and focus on the next meal and the next day and just take it one step at a time. So those are my closing thoughts on how to handle your nutrition, your training, and your mindset during this lockdown period. I really hope that you were able to take at least one tip away from today and that you have a little bit more of a successful time across the next four weeks. So that is everything from me today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really do hope this helped. Take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Stay optimistic. And we'll speak very soon. And that was the Simply Fit Podcast. I hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode. I feel inspired to improve your health and well-being. Be sure to search for Simply Fit in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elliot Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.